Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Hear now the word of the Lord from 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Ernesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle Paul to write this letter to Timothy. And we ask now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would inspire our hearts to understand the word that you have for us this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. My mother... Ellen O'Brien went to be with the Lord on April 15th, 1998, and I'm glad that she's celebrating Mother's Day with her mother, Hazel O'Brien, but I still miss her, especially on Mother's Day, and I know that there are many here this morning who are also missing their mothers as well. Now, one of the things that I remember about my mother is that she loved seeing her children get along with each other, which... Wasn't always the case. My two brothers and my sister and I 
would often get into fights with each other as we were growing up, and this was always hard on my mother. But once we grew up, we figured out how to love each other, and this filled my mother with joy. I think the same is true for all mothers. It's hard for them to see their children fighting instead of loving each other. So if you're fighting with your siblings, you might want to declare a truce on Mother's Day. You could even tell mom that the truce is her Mother's Day present, and then you won't have to spend money on flowers or brunch. Now I'm just kidding. If your mother is still alive, give her whatever she wants while you still can. (laughs) All of us need a mother in our lives. It could be our biological mother. It could be an adoptive mother. It could be an older woman who is a relative or an older woman who is a close friend. All of us need a mother in our lives. Even Jesus had a mother. His mother Mary was with him throughout his life. We see her in the Gospels there at his birth. We see her when he begins his ministry on earth. We see Mary at the cross when her son is being crucified. We see Mary rejoicing when she sees that her son has risen from the dead. We see Mary with the other apostles enjoying 40 days with Jesus before he ascended into heaven after the resurrection. We see Mary with the other disciples on the day of Pentecost when they all received the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, we're introduced to a young person named Timothy when the Apostle Paul was on a missionary journey to Lystra, which is in the modern-day country of Turkey. There, Paul meets Timothy and Eunice, Timothy's mother, and Lois, Timothy's grandmother. Timothy, Eunice, and Lois were all Jewish and followers of the Jewish Messiah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Timothy's father was a Greek He was a Gentile, and nothing is mentioned about him being a follower of Jesus. Now, Timothy had a reputation for being a faithful follower of Jesus, and so Paul invites him to go on missionary journeys with him. And then following these missionary journeys, Paul leaves Timothy in the city of Ephesus, which is also in the modern-day country of Turkey, and he leaves them there with the church in Ephesus, to be their pastor, to teach them, to organize things, to help them to reach out to the community so that others would come to know Christ. Paul then wrote two letters to Timothy. And when he wrote his second letter, Paul was in his 60s. And he was in a jail cell in Rome. And while he was in jail, he was waiting to be executed by the emperor Nero. All of the early church historians and all of the early church leaders tell us that Paul was executed by beheading. And then after that, Nero committed suicide in 68 AD. Now, while Paul was in prison and writing to Timothy, he was comforted by the presence of Luke, who wrote our Gospel of Luke. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writes, Come quickly, before winter, bring my cloak and my scrolls and my parchments, and bring Mark with you also, 
This was the Mark who had gone on a missionary journey with Paul, the Mark who was a scribe for the Apostle Peter when Peter wrote his two letters in the New Testament, and also the Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark. And Paul begins his second letter to Timothy by saying in verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am now persuaded lives in you also. Here Paul is writing about how important Timothy's mother and grandmother were in helping Timothy to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and to grow in his faith. Everyone needs a mother. And then Paul goes on to write in verses 6 and 7, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Now, the Greek word for fan that's used in the original Greek translation of this passage is anazo. It'll be kind of hard to read without my glasses here in Greek. Anazo. Anazo rain. Anazo rain. All right. It literally means kindle anew, as one would kindle a fire by blowing on it. Anazorain is in a Greek verb form, which means continuous, ongoing action. In other words, the original flame had not gone out, and it needed to be rekindled from time to time. Back when Paul wrote this letter, a family would have a fire burning in a hearth, maybe outside or inside the home, during the day and during the evening. And this fire would be used for cooking, for boiling water, for cleaning, and and so on. And then the fire would be left unattended when the family went to bed. And so the family would die down, and then in the morning, all that would be left would be smoking embers. And so the fire would have to be flamed into flame. Again, they fanned into flame again. It would be fanned into flame by either blowing on it or by using bellows like a blacksmith would use to get the forge, you know, up to a proper temperature. In the mo- so the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy here to fan into flame the gift of God that had been given to him. Now, the Greek word for gift in the original Greek translation of this passage is karamata which is where we get our English word charismatic from. Now, we're not told what gift Timothy was given. It could have been one of the gifts that's mentioned in Romans chapter 12. There's a list there. There's also a list of spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Gifts such as prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, speaking in tongues, evangelism, preaching, healing, and so on. Now, Timothy was given a gift when Paul laid his hands on him, the scriptures tell us here. Paul writes about this experience in Timothy's life in his first letter to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter chapter 4, Paul writes, Do not neglect your gift which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. 
When Timothy was first ordained to be a pastor of the church in Ephesus, the elders came up along with Paul and they laid hands on them. And then during a prophecy and during this laying on of hands, Timothy was given a spiritual gift to use in his ministry. And the Holy Spirit enabled Timothy to use this gift with power and love and self-discipline, we're told. Now, when this first happened to Timothy, he was on fire to serve the Lord. He was full of energy, confidence, and motivation to work as a pastor. However, in time, as Timothy was caring for the flock in Ephesus, he started to neglect his spiritual gift. Paul warns him in his first letter, don't neglect this gift. And then he writes in Timothy chapter 2, because you have neglected this gift, you need to fan it into flame. Now, when I was in seminary, my church history professor, Dr. James Bradley, told our class in a devotional, don't ever let professional competence become a substitute for spiritual maturity. That was 40 years ago, and I've never forgotten it. Don't ever let professional competence become a substitute for spiritual maturity. This is a common temptation, not just for pastors. And there have been times when I've given into this temptation. Maybe Timothy was starting to rely more on his own abilities than on the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. Maybe Timothy had started to neglect spending time with the Lord in prayer. Maybe Timothy had started to substitute busyness for holiness. Maybe Timothy became caught up in doing Christ's work than in being one of Christ's disciples. It could also be that Timothy was becoming discouraged in his work because people were looking down on him because he was a young person. The Apostle Paul addressed this issue with Timothy in his first letter when he said, don't let anyone, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Whatever the reason was for neglecting his gift, Paul reminds Timothy to fan into flame the gift that had been given to him by the Holy Spirit. This is true for us as well. There are times when we neglect the gifts that our Lord has given to us through the Holy Spirit for ministry. And there are times when we have become dependent on our own abilities rather than on the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we also need to fan into flame the gift that the Holy Spirit has given us. So how do we do this? How do we fan into flame this gift that we have been given by the Holy Spirit? The book of Revelation Jesus tells the Apostle John in a vision to write to the guardian angel of the church in Ephesus, where Timothy was, about how to fan into flame the gift that they had been given. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, 
These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them to be false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen? Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Fanning into flame involves repenting. It involves confessing to God that we have been neglecting to use the gift that we have been given. Then we need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh with his power and with his love and with his self-discipline. And after that, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to the opportunities that he's giving to us to use our gifts for God's glory. Now, after Timothy fanned into the flame that had been given, fanned into flame the gift that had been given to him, he goes to Paul in Rome to care for him in prison, where it was dangerous to be known as a follower of Jesus. And after Paul was martyred, Timothy went back to Ephesus and eventually became the bishop of the church there. This Mother's Day, we have much to celebrate as we remember the important roles that these women have played in our lives, helping us to become mature believers in Jesus. Women who have been a grandmother to us, like Lois was to Timothy. Women who have been a mother to us, like Eunice was to Timothy. Women who have fanned into flame their gift from God by the Holy Spirit during those times in their lives when they felt discouraged or too lonely or too afraid to use the gifts that God had given to them. These women relied on the Holy Spirit to fill them with power and love and self-discipline to carry out their ministry in our lives. I imagine that Lois and Eunice were very active in Timothy's life, helping him to fan into flame the gift that God had given to them. Just like the women in our lives have helped us and encouraged us to fan into flame the gift that God has given to us. Now, since my mother passed away, God has brought women into my life who have been a mother to me. The first person was a cousin who was more like an aunt because of our age difference. Her name is Melly, and she's from our family home in Spain. She's a godly woman who loves the Lord, and she is constantly fanning into flame the gift that the Holy Spirit gave to her. She has always been there for me during major events in my life, and especially when my mother passed away. More recently, a woman named Rhoda, who is in her 90s, has been a mother figure for me. She is 
also a person who fans into flame the gift that has been given to her by the Holy Spirit. She's a very godly person, and during these past two years, we've become prayer partners, and I've grown to appreciate her presence in my life, and I've grown in my faith because of her presence in my life. We all need a mother in our lives, and I encourage you to ask God to bring a woman like this into your life if you do not already have one. I also encourage you women to become a mother figure for someone who is looking for a mother. A close friend of ours, Valerie Pennington, answered God's call to be a mother by adopting two infants, Katie and Becky, when she and her husband, who is a pastor, were unable to have biological children of their own. And her two daughters gave her six grandchildren who filled her life with love and laughter. Another friend of ours named Betty Rogers answered God's call to be a mother by adopting a group of us when we were in seminary and living far from our families. She and her husband, a seminary professor, were unable to have biological children of their own. So she called us her kids, and she filled our lives with joy, literally. When you went into their apartment, there were signs that said, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself. Maybe you've seen signs like that before. And it wasn't just one sign. These signs were everywhere, in every womb. It was very apparent. And then after we graduated from seminary, she wrote personal letters to each one of us. And they always had joy in the letter. But she wrote personal letters to each one of us. And there were over 100 of us that she kept in touch with. This congregation is blessed by God with many faithful, godly women who can be a mother figure. Not all of us have grandmothers like Lois or mothers like Eunice, but God has placed us in the life of a child and in the life of an adult who needs a mother. Spend time with them. Listen to them. Encourage them. Pray for them. Tell them how much Jesus loves them regardless of how old they are. Help them to fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Everyone needs a mother. So let us fan into flame the gift of God we have been given. And just imagine what God will do through us when we are on fire for him. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.